Hello, everyone. This is Sabrina Fritz with Living in Alignment on Wisdom Talk Radio. It's my pleasure to share with you my special guest today, Liana Struckoff, founder of The Shiro's Way. And as she shares with us how her paralyzing injury actually liberated her from the paralysis of life. Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. Hi, everybody. It's Sabrina Fritz with Living in Alignment on Wisdom Talk Radio. I'm very excited today to have with me a very special guest. Liana Streckoff. She was introduced to me through a mutual friend who thought we would have a lot in common. And so I usually take those inner nudges or those exterior nudges, actually, in this case, seriously. And I reached out and we did connect and we had a lovely conversation, so much so that I decided to have her come and join me so that we could expand on our conversation. Hello, Liana. How are you? I'm so well. Thank you so much for having me, Sabrina. It's a delight to be with you. Well, and it's a delight to be with you as well. And it's been kind of an interesting journey as we've tried to connect. (laughs) (laughs) The forces that be have not been kind. (laughs) But I have to say, it's through all of it, for whatever reason or another, as you mentioned earlier, when we just got on this, um, that it was meant to be at this time. And so it seems to be going very smoothly. And, you know, we, we both handled the situation very calmly. I could say that in a previous life in this body (laughs) that I wouldn't have handled that so calmly at one time in this world. This would, the, the, go ahead. You know, I, I can say something similar. I mean, I think that's true for me too. If I look at an earlier time in my life, I would have felt, I don't know, just very nervous or very, you know, very anxious, like, you know, oh, what's happening or when's it going to happen or I got to make it happen. And now in my life, I have, um, I just have so much more faith, so much more trust in life and source that things will, things are finding their way. And if for whatever reason we couldn't manage to hook up and we decided not to do this, then there would be something right and good about that. Exactly. That's how I felt too, just coming in today kind of cautiously. Is this going to work? You know, not sure if, it was, <laughs> if you were even going to show up, you know, <laughs> and just in that place of surrender, if it doesn't work out, there's another purpose for this. And I love that we can come together on that platform and that mutual playground, so to speak. And that's what I loved with our initial conversation, which I wish we would have been recording because one of the things that really struck me during our conversation, and I knew that you were really special and unique at that moment was you had a very life altering experience. And you said, if somebody had asked me if I was going to do X, Y, Z and have this result, would I still do it? And you said, absolutely not. There's no way I could imagine living my life that way. Mm-hmm. And yet now, today, you can't imagine living your life any differently. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that um, 
I tell that story fairly frequently when I speak because I think that it it's really universal in the sense that I think that we are all so profoundly underestimating our own abilities. Um, I think that what you're alluding to is um, so 16 years ago, I was on a date hiking in the Malibu Hills and I climbed a tree, an oak tree, which I had done a million times before that. I grew up, um, you know, backcountry backpacking all the way since I was, you know, maybe five or something. I, you know, I was a, a very comfortable in the wilderness, very comfortable in my body, a, a lifelong dancer. And I climbed uh, 20, 25 feet up in this tree and a branch broke mm -hmm. and I fell and I both broke my back and dislocated my spine. And so my spinal cord was instantly crushed, which left me instantly and completely paralyzed from the waist down. And if I had, if you had asked me, you know, even just, even just seconds before it happened, you know, could you survive um, living life paralyzed? Could you survive all of those losses and having to, um, you know, live your life from a wheelchair and not have this outlet of movement and, you know, all the things. I mean, paralysis is so complicated. It's so, so much bigger than not being able to move. But, you know, could you survive? Um, I would have been absolutely certain that I couldn't. I would have been absolutely certain that I, I could not recover from that, that my life could not recover and I could not recover. And much to my absolute shock, um, basically right from the beginning, even, even while I was still in the air between the branch and the ground, my life started to turn to gold. You know, this experience was an incredible catalyst for transformation. And even though it was really hard and um, so painful and so sad and so scary, it was simultaneously really brilliant and really beautiful and full of grace and full of glory and moving me toward this way of being that was so much better than anything I had experienced before that. And so even though I would have been so sure had you asked me before I fell, I would have been wrong. Clearly, I would have been wrong. And I, and I, think, that, I think that's true, I would say pretty much for all of us. You know, we just, we're so sure about the things that we think we can't do. And maybe that's based on our previous experience or it's based on our current experience. But there is really nothing that we can't do without enough of the right support. Mm -hmm. And we're just wrong. We're just wrong about, you know, where our, where our limits are. We're just wrong about that. So that, that's a story I share a lot because I, I want people to get that, look, it's not like I, I knew I was going to be able to handle this or, you know, somehow I went into this experience with, you know, superhuman courage or superhuman resilience. I didn't. I absolutely did not. It's, it's the experience itself that gave me those things. And that's such a beautiful takeaway because I know far often a lot of people faced in similar situations choose to go one of two ways and it is to rise above 
continue to live their life or to, you know, kind of deteriorate and fall in the wayside of life and, you know, the poor me and the victim. And so you rose above that. Now you, I loved how you said in that moment that you were falling, there was this golden um, mm -hmm. moment of life. Did you have a, a moment where you thought this might be it, though? This could be the exit? No, I absolutely didn't. And I'll, I'll tell you why. It's, it's kind of a profound reason why I didn't have that. Because when I heard the crack and I, like, I knew instantly, okay, a branch is broken and I could feel myself starting to lose my balance. And I reached in front of me to see if there was anything that I could grab. Because I was standing, you know, perfectly vertical in this tree. Like there was all kinds of space around me. I had a lot of room. And the branches I was standing on were stable. So it was the branch, one of the branches that I, I had a hand resting just lightly on a branch. And that branch broke. Mm. But because my hand was resting behind my body, that branch was behind me, the weight of my own arm started to pull me backward out of the tree. Mm. So I reached in front of me to see if there was anything I could grab. And as soon as I realized that there was nothing there, I also realized that I had a choice in that moment. That I could do what I had done essentially my entire life up to that moment, which was fight to control the outcome of every situation. Like that, that was really my MO. You know, I was, I, I just was a very anxious person and, and I didn't trust life and I, and I had good reasons for that, but still that's, that's who I was. And so I was always trying to like figure out what was the right thing to do and what was the right action. And, and slow things down so I could control everything. And, oh, it was exhausting. <laughs> so I realized in that moment that I, I was at this choice point. I could do what I'd always done or I could let go. And I was so, Sabrina, I was so tired. You know, I was, I was 33 when this happened. And I just, I'd spent 33 years trying to manage every little bit of my life. And I was so tired. And I knew there was nothing I could do. Like I knew I had no influence in this situation. I could flail and kick and scream and fight. I was still going to hit the ground. Like there was no doubt about that. And it's actually, it's very easy to surrender when you know that you have no influence. Hmm. It's hard when we don't know how much influence we have, because then, you know, you have this sort of inner compulsion, like, well, maybe if I say this, this situation will go this way. Or maybe if I take this action and we don't know how much influence we have. And so we're afraid to do too little. And so we end up doing too much. And, you know, we just, it's much harder when it's not clear, but this was so clear. I, <laughs> I was going to hit the ground. And so I was able in that moment to take a different path to choose, to make a different choice. Right. And so I just surrendered to falling. And instantly, everything dropped into slow motion. And I felt this incredible bliss come over me, like this euphoric peace that I had never felt in my life, ever. Mm -hmm. And I had all this time in the air, like I felt like I was hanging in the air. So I had time to notice 
this peace that I was feeling. I had time to notice. I had never felt it before. I had time to notice the shape of my own body in space. I had time to notice the leaves and the branches that were near me. I had, I had time to, to be present with all of this. And what was really going on in that moment was, was exactly the word I just used. I was utterly present. Like this pristine experience of presence. Mm. So I wasn't thinking about what was coming. I never was afraid that this might be it or I'm going to get really hurt or I might die because that was all potentially in the future. It wasn't happening right then and there as I hung in the air between the branch and the ground. So for the first time in my life, I wasn't lamenting or worrying about something from the past, and I wasn't worrying about the future. So it never crossed my mind because I just, that was in the future. The, the, the future hadn't happened yet. Wow. Well, that sounds like a magical experience that like the suspension of the knowingness of all that is mm. and seeing, you know, the grace in it, the beauty, the perfection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And having that perfection be such a surprise. It's not like I knew I was going to feel that way. It was such a surprise. And it felt to me like it, it was really my first lesson in this whole experience. It, because it said to me, this is the promise of being present. You are in this moment having a perfect experience of presence, which I have never duplicated since. But I live my life so much more present than I was ever able to be before. And I know that when I do that, even when I'm in a really hard situation, all of a sudden, all this beauty becomes available. Mm. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And I love that. I love how you're, you know, what in an instant you learned by letting go and surrendering, you can experience all the love and the beauty in the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't mm -hmm. have to push. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to prove yourself worthy. And so mm -hmm. obviously, in addition to, you know, the physical change that came into your life, it sounds like you had a major awakening or spiritual wisdom imparted during that time. And so how has your life changed emotionally and intellectually? As a I want to say in every possible way. So we've, ar we've already touched on, you know, having been this very anxious and kind of controlling person, um, not so much controlling other people like trying to get get people to behave in a certain way but more just really over controlling myself um uh, a lot of perfectionism um a lot of paralysis actually like if if you look at my life pre pre-actual physical paralysis i was very stilted in many ways i would i would i had these dreams but i could only take very small steps toward them and, um, and, and with lots of time in between, and then I would have to withdraw and, and um, essentially run away. And, and then I would come back, I would get brave enough and I would come back and I would try something. And so my life was just kind of bumping along before, 
Um, so post-injury, I, I don't even know where to start. Post-injury, I started taking, I started following my desire mm. and taking much bigger risks professionally. So I had been a, a semi-professional actor prior to my fall. I was a co-founder of an award-winning theater company in Los Angeles. We're very, very well respected, but I was making about $300 a year as an actor. Um, you know, I was quote unquote putting myself out there, but if I look back, I, I really wasn't doing much of anything, you know, and what I was doing wasn't really effective, but I kept doing it anyway. You know, I kept spending all this time doing it anyway, even though it wasn't mm -hmm. really working. And then after I fell, I started telling these stories and I, I was on the stage telling my own stories, which I'd never done before. I think seven months post-injury. I spent the first two months in the hospital. So mm -hmm. within, um, within four months of coming home, I was on a stage telling these stories. I ended up developing that into a full-length one-woman show. I did five national tours of that show. Um, I, I mean, I, my career just exploded. It absolutely yeah. exploded. The initial run of the show ran for six months. It was supposed to be three weekends. And wow. audience, audience response and critical acclaim kept us open for six months. So professionally, my ability to earn, my ability as an artist, my success, you know, as a professional just absolutely skyrocketed. I had been a serial monogamist up until that point, sort of in and out of relationships, two to four years. That was pretty much my limit. And it wasn't always me leaving, but I couldn't, I couldn't seem to get it together for more than, more than four years with any one person. Um, and I ended up marrying the man who was on the date with me, who was in the tree with me. His name is Dean. Um, we've now been together for 16 years. Mm -hmm. Eight years after we were married, I gave birth to our son. We have a beautiful baby boy who's about to start second grade. <laughs> Um, my mental health, you know, prior to my accident, I was chronically, um, was frequently depressed. I, not necessarily clinically, but I would have these sort of chronic depressions that I couldn't get out of. And, and it mostly had to do with the fact that I wasn't really living. You know, right. I was, I was sort of existing and I was resisting and avoiding life so that I, didn't get clobbered and so that things didn't go away. I didn't want them to. And consequently, I just was sort of dead. I was dying inside and I would have these depressions. My depression vanished mm -hmm. after I was paralyzed, absolutely vanished. Um, that could be as a result of you going after your desires. Exactly. Allowing to have that opportunity. Allowing myself to actually live yes. and to, to take having the courage to take the kinds of risks that living requires. Mm -hmm. you, you, you cannot be, you know, you cannot start a family. You're, you're always at risk, you know? When you love something or someone, there's always the possibility you're going to lose it. There's always the possibility somebody's going to make some stupid mistake or, you know, some, they're going to have just some, you know, nobody's perfect. We're, we're all 
we're all working it out for ourselves, right? So when we're doing it together, unfortunately, sometimes we step on each other's toes in some really painful ways. You know, th mm -hmm. there's always that possibility, my God, having a child. Now, what if something happens to my child, you know? Right. There is inherent risk in living. But because I'm able to take those risks now, I, my, my depression is just gone. It's just gone. So my health got better. My mental health got better. Um, every aspect of my life improved post-injury. See, that's such an incredible and inspiring story. And, and that's what you, your mission now, I mean, you, you created your own um, very successful acting gig, apparently, with your one-woman show. But you have a kind of a mission and a program that you work, work with and share with other women. Mm -hmm. Help inspire them on their journey. Yeah, absolutely. Over the years that I was touring, I would come into a community and I would be in residence for a week or two weeks, and I would do the show several times. And I would I would um, run workshops with different groups, and I started to hear a lot of stories around the country from very very different people living very different lives of the. Um, the difficult situations that they were in and almost none of those stories had anything to do with disability or acquired disability. It was, you know, losing a beloved career. It was divorce. It was, um, it was bankruptcy. It was, uh, you know, somebody's house burned down. It was, you know, all these kinds of big, big losses, big changes. Right. And, people would hear my story and they would start to see new possibilities for themselves. They would start to see what I was reflecting, which is that as hard and painful and terrifying as those situations are, they are also extraordinary opportunities and they are always calling us forward. That is always inherently in there. Mm-hmm. And then we'd all go home. Like I, 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 would, I would come out on stage and I would present this possibility in the form of my story and they would say, wow, this, could, this thing that I'm going through could be something really amazing for me. And then we would all go home. And there was something about that that felt incredibly unsatisfying to me. <laughs> um, and one day I was actually, I was sitting with my mom. I was having dinner with my mom and and this was pretty early on, it was maybe two years post-injury, and I was just marveling to her that something so devastating could make something so wonderful of life. And my mother said to me, yes, it is amazing, but how? How are you doing that? Right. And my mom is a concentration camp survivor. And, you know, she was born a refugee in Yugoslavia. She, the first 20 years of her life were filled with so much horror and devastation and, um, and lack. And, you know, 70 years later, she still has nightmares about that sort of thing. And I couldn't, I didn't have an answer to her question. I didn't know how I was doing it. I certainly didn't know how to do it before I hit the ground. So I didn't know how this was happening, but I could not let her question go unanswered. 
I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't. And that night I sat down and I started deconstructing what, how was I doing this? Like what were there attitudes that I had? Were there beliefs? Were there perspectives? Were there habits? Um, what was I not doing? Mm-hmm. What, like how, how did this happen? <laughs> and so over the years, I began to identify what I now call the Shiro's way. And I launched a coaching practice where I was able to share with others a very um, specific set of tools and beliefs and perspectives that foster this positive transformation, that foster um, being able to avail oneself of the opportunity that's present in these tragedies mm-hmm. to become more than we've been before. Because I, I, don't, I, think, I don't think it happens by accident. Accidents are seldom accidents. You know, it's, there, there are choices to be made, but um, it's not necessarily easy to identify what those choices are. And especially because in most of these situations, it feels like something is happening to us. You know, nobody, nobody went to bed thinking, God, let my marriage explode in my face tomorrow. You know, nobody's, nobody's praying for that. Right. Um, and so in a very real way, it does happen to us. Mm-hmm. But it's also, if we choose, if, if we decide to say yes to the opportunity, it can also be happening for us. And I wanted to be able to teach people how to do that, and women in particular. I wanted to be able to, um, to mentor them, to be a guide on that road, and to, to hold a lantern. Like, I know the path, and I have a lantern. And it just, <laughs> I could not bear the thought that I would say to you, hey, there's a road out there. Now it's up to you to go find it and, you know, grope around in the dark and just... I don't know, somehow make your own way. I, I had to make myself available. That's wonderful because that is so many times we're faced with those life-altering situations that we did not sign up for. And it is that pivot point and how we're going to react in that situation and rise above has everything to do with how well we're going to re- receive it and perceive it and allow it to be the gift and the blessing that it is because the loss if we don't dwell on the loss then we allow that space that's gone to you know bring something new into our life that was missing before and fill a void yeah you know it's an interesting thing because in my in my way of working in the shiro's way we make room for everything that's true so the loss is in a sense important like the, 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 the pain around that loss and the sense of, um, even, even the sense of victimhood, like we make, we make room for everything that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, because I found that if I tried to deny all of that, that stuff just fought back. You know, that stuff was like, hey, I'm here. I have a right to be here. You know, I am justified. This, this really painful feeling that I'm trying to, to communicate to you is justified in this situation. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, I had to learn to be authentic with that without collapsing into it. 
So that's, you know, yes. So that's one of the skills of the Shiro's way that we, we make space for everything that's true, but we're not collapsing into any of that because Mm -hmm. the, the point is actually not to react to any of it, but to have the, um, ability to respond because reacting and responding are two really different things. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so we cultivate that, you know, in the Shiro's way, we cultivate that skill. There are certain skills that go, that are necessary in order to have a pause, have a moment of breath before you react so that you even have a choice about what you're going to do here. Right. There are skills that go, that go into that. And without those skills, you don't have a, a hope. You don't have a chance to do anything but react. Yeah, because then you're defending. You're defending and, and your, your past is responding to the current situation. And it's just it's human nature. I think it's just our, it's, it's our emotional um, reflex to, to react in certain ways. And so we, we need the ability to take a breath, to recognize what's happening in this moment. Like, oh, that really hurts. Ouch. Oh, I actually feel that physically. Like, I feel like I've just been punched. And have, those, have that moment of heightened awareness, like that time in the air, you know, while I was in the air, that heightened presence for even just a moment. And that gives us enough space and enough breath to have some choice about what we do next. Yeah. Finding the pause, finding that presence, <laughs> finding your breath. Yeah. All great advice. And I've, once again, really enjoyed our conversation, getting to know you at a newer level. And I'm just very inspired with your mission and how you're showing up in the world. And Thank share you. your gifts with others. And I invite you to uh, let everyone know how they can reach out to you to learn more. Oh, thank you so much. Um, well, I'm on the web. You can find me at lianastrolkoff.com. Maybe there's a place we can post that so no one has to struggle with how to spell lianastrolkoff.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, we will definitely have a link in the description. <laughs> And, uh, and I would love to invite everyone. There's a little gift there for your listeners. Uh, it's a story that I recorded a while back called Death by Positivity that has to do mm-hmm. with um, the downside of forcing ourselves to think positive and how the ways in which that's really getting in our way. So it's sort of a pet peeve of mine, the forced gratitude or forced positivity and how that really in the end does not serve at all. So there's a gift there for anybody who, who is interested in that. And um, you can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram, also at Leanna Strokoff. That's fabulous. And I like that, that forced positivity. And yes, because, you know, there's a lot of um, victim blaming in the spiritual mm-hmm. realms when something happens to someone. What did you do to attract mm-hmm. that? And it is no, of no value. And I love that you're acknowledging the pain that comes with the ultimate blessing sometimes in life. It's not mm-hmm. always easy, um, but you're showing up when you're being asked to, and that's very brave and courageous, mm-hmm. and it inspires everyone else to do the same. So thank you so much, Liana Strakoff. It's a delight. That's oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And thank you for listening to Wisdom Talk Radio with Sabrina Fritz and Living in Alignment. I invite you to subscribe and share this podcast with others.
Enjoy. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.